mi gente, welcome to Peruvians of USA, the podcast where we share the diversity of the Peruvian immigrant experience. This is your host, Natalie Sofia, and this community was born from the need to create a space for Peruvian immigrants to come together, to support each other, to learn from each other, and to document our stories. The stories our guests share with us are deeply personal and paint a new portrait of what it means to be a Peruvian immigrant. I hope you receive these stories with an open heart and an open mind. So let's get started. Si eres peruano residiendo en Estados Unidos, Canadá, Europa y envíes dinero a tus seres queridos en Perú, te tengo una gran noticia. SendWave ya está disponible para realizar envíos de dinero a Perú. SendWave es una aplicación móvil que te permite enviar dinero de Estados Unidos directamente a cuentas bancarias en el Perú desde tu teléfono. De esta forma ya no tienes que perder tiempo ni dinero yendo a una agencia a hacer colas para enviar tu dinero. Zenway cuenta con excelentes tarifas, es rápido y 100% seguro. Actualmente, Zenway trabaja con el Banco Interbank y con el Banco de Crédito del Perú, BCP, en donde los envíos se realizan en dólares directo a cuentas bancarias o para recoger en ventanilla. Descarga hoy la aplicación de Zenway disponible en el App Store y Google Play Store y utiliza el código de promoción Peruvians para obtener 10 dólares de crédito gratis cuando realices tu primer envío de dinero a Perú. No esperes más y descubre todos los beneficios que Sunway tiene para ti. Yo ya acabo de mandarle un dinerito a mi abuelita. Espero que tú también uses Sunway. Hola, mi gente. Today's episode is a reflection on two years of podcasting and hosting and producing Peruvians of USA. Just for full transparency, I'll say that it is Thursday, July 28th. So, Felices Fiestas Patrias. It is Peru's Independence Day, a day that we all celebrate, that we all show our Peruvian pride, regardless if you were born in Peru or you are of Peruvian parents. As Peruvian sisters always remind us, we are Peruvian enough. But yeah, it is already Thursday, July 28th. It's very close to 2 a.m. And I share that because I want to be transparent on the amount of effort producing a podcast takes and the amount of love that I put into it and how much it means to me. And I hope it also means a lot to you. Yes, it's late, but I wanted to share some reflections of two years of Peruvians of USA. Last year on episode 29, CC from Season the Explorer interviewed me and asked me a couple questions that actually another guest from episode 13, Delia Rios, put together and we did an IG Live that unfortunately I did not save properly. But she shared some questions with me or she asked me some questions and I would like to answer them again another year later, so two years later, and see if the answers have changed. So I'm probably not going to do a lot of editing on this episode since it's already very late. It's been quite a busy last couple of months for me from work perspective, from a personal side. So I am trying to manage it all. And sometimes things fall through the cracks and that is just life. All right. So let's get started with these questions. I'm basically interviewing myself. <laughs> this is a solo episode and I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet, but we'll see how long we go. All right. First question was, what made you start a podcast? So I'll shift or I'll change this question a little bit and I'll say what made me continue a podcast. When I started Peruvians of USA, I had three main objectives and I started uh, in 2020. 
the first objective was to really promote positive representation of Peruvians in the United States. One story I tell is that when I was in high school, my chemistry teacher, one of the assignments he gave us was to find a scientist from our cultural and ethnicity. This was before Google was a big thing. This was before social media. So it's not like we had access to a lot of people or a lot of information of who was out there doing great things. So I go to my teacher and I say, I'm probably not going to find a Peruvian in the U.S. who's a scientist. Can I find a, a Latin one or Latina? And he said, no, you have to find a Peruvian. So I felt frustrated because I didn't, I thought that he didn't really understand that how small the Peruvian community in the U.S. was. Fortunately, I actually found one. I found a Peruvian astronaut. He was born in Peru, but he lives in California. Yes, I am typing the name right now to make sure I got the right person. His name is Carlos Noriega. And so I found one. I wrote a report on him. And I was pleasantly surprised that there was a Peruvian astronaut, a Peruvian who's been very successful in his career here in the U.S. And that was something that I did not have a lot of exposure to growing up in the U.S. Secondly, I wanted to promote unity among Peruvians. I grew up hearing the terrible phrase that um, el peor enemigo de un peruano es otro peruano, and I disagree with that statement. That has not been my experience. I understand why people say it. I understand that everybody has their own perspective based on, the, on their own experiences, but I wanted to eradicate really that sentiment that we cannot, our community, that we cannot trust each other. And so it's been really rewarding to see online how the diaspora is supporting each other. So let's continue that. And thirdly, I really wanted to just record our stories, record our stories, discuss what it means to be Peruvian American, what, what it means to be Peruvian in the U.S., what it means to be born in Peru, grown up here, or vice versa. I think our experience, our very diverse and very valid, regardless of how we experience our own Peruvianness. So I wanted to record those stories. So why did I continue the podcast? It does take a long time to produce an episode, but I decided to continue the podcast because it's very rewarding to meet you guys, <laughs> to, meet, to meet a guest to learn his or her story or their story. It's very rewarding to get messages from people in the U.S. or around the world, really, who share how the story of a particular episode has impacted their life, has impacted their perspective. I heard from folks that are half Peruvians and they're trying to reconnect with their uh, Peruvian side. I have heard from people who are third-generation Peruvian and they're trying to reconnect with that that side as well. So it's been really rewarding. I love meeting and getting to new people and getting to know new people. I've met some of the podcast guests in real life and I will be bold and say that I consider them my friends now. And so if you're listening to this episode, thank you for letting me be your friend. <laughs> so it's really the people. It's really the people that I've met that have made this passion project so rewarding. And I plan to continue to work on Peruvians of USA and continue to expand and continue to collaborate with other platforms. My schedule might change with however work and life changes, 
but I will continue to work on Province of USA to the best of my ability. All right, second question. How has the process of inter interviewing and editing been? So that was, that is the process that takes the longest, to be honest, and it's probably the process that I enjoy the least. So one of the things I've done, actually, I've hired a virtual assistant to help with editing. So I let her edit for loud pitches, background noises, but I still have to listen to the episode and figure out what the key message is and what I want to highlight in their story. So I'm not off the hook just because I hire a virtual assistant to help with editing, but, but it has definitely helped. Next question. Where do you see the podcast in five years? So this is very tough. Not because I don't have ideas. I actually have too many ideas that I want to implement. I guess the tough part is because right now, to be completely transparent, I'm mostly a team of one. And so trying to juggle life, work, and a podcast has been tough. If I were to extend my vision to five years, I think I would either have to hire a person to or another person to help with some of the tasks and strategies that I want to implement for the podcast. Or I would have to partner with another platform so we can support each other. So that's something that I'm thinking about as the podcast grows, as the audience grows. So if you're interested, let me know. Feel free to DM me or go to peruviansofusa.com. Next question. How has work-life balance been? So that's been tough sometimes, not all the time. It's been tough when I have a season to release or when I have a, when I'm batching interviews, I have to work around my work schedule. So I have a typical nine to five. And so those are hours dedicated to my job, my job that pays the bills. So I have to work around that time and trying to work on Prudence of USA and try to have, trying to have a healthy lifestyle by working now spending time with my loved ones, um, and also resting. That's also very important. Sometimes it's very tough, but there have been breaks that I schedule sometimes. So that's when I'll release or re-release the most popular episodes. If you see that, it's because I'm taking a little break and I'll work with either, mostly, I guess, Cece the Explorer at this point. She's been helping me a lot and I hope you check her page out. She's very funny. Um, or I plan to do that probably in the near future. Take a little break and re-release some of the, the most popular episodes or some of my favorite episodes because I think the audience can get a lot of, out of it. Sometimes I have to work late nights um, on the podcast to make sure that episodes are released and I get some quiet time to talk to you. Okay, next question. What have you learned about yourself doing the podcast? So... One of the things I learned about myself is that I genuinely like meeting new people and I genuinely am curious about their story. And I will ask questions to get to the root of their story, to get to the root of what makes them. So I learned that I am not afraid to go deep in conversations with someone that I just met. <laughs> and I know that it's a skill. It's a gift that not everybody has, but it's definitely a skill that can be developed. I have also learned that I have a lot of energy and that I am pretty efficient and pretty motivated when I am passionate about a project. When I think about all the initiatives that we have done through Peruvians of USA, 
I'm impressed with myself. I am impressed with the work that I've done. I am impressed with the time and the effort that I put into this podcast. And I'm applauding myself. It's important to do it. Como dice mi mamá, si no te aplaudes y no te quieres tú misma, nobody will. Yeah, I've been impressed with myself on that end of how much I can produce when I really care. Next question. Is there an episode that impacted you the most? So the episode that impacted me the most, that's a tough question because there's so many, there are a couple episodes that have been rewarding conversations. And I think there's, there are other episodes that the audience can get a lot from. So there is episode 46 with Diego Corso. It's called Financial Independence as a DACA Dreamer. And Diego reached financial independence despite or being a DACA recipient. So that being DACA recipient puts um, some limitations to a person, but he figured out a way where he could invest in assets, mostly real estate, to achieve financial independence. And I think he has a perspective of um, not letting things hold you back or not letting external factors hold you back. And I think his perspective could be very enlightening to some of the members of some members of our audience i would encourage you to listen to that episode i also love episode 45 with elena from brooklyn warmy navigating identity as a peruvian adoptee she's a peruvian adoptee and learning her story and how she formed her identity as a peruvian adoptee is very interesting and it's very touching so i would encourage you to learn that because we don't talk enough about Peruvian adoptees. I enjoy episode 39 with Melissa Rivero. She's the author of The Affair of the Falcons. And that was the first fiction book that I read that included Peruvian culture and a Peruvian family. And so that was also very impactful. I would highly recommend that you read that book. I read it in one sitting and it was it was a book that I probably would have loved to to have access to as a young reader. And there are other Peruvian authors out there. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I will be speaking with the author of the book, Breathe and Come Back from 10, Natalia Silvester. The book is a, a story about a Peruvian American teen with hip dysplasia. And she's figuring out her first love. She's setting body boundaries and she's navigating tense family dynamics. And I think... This would have been a fantastic young adult book. For me, growing up here in the U.S., I, I never really had access to books that reflected my culture, that reflected my background. And so I'm really happy that we have Peruvian writers out there writing our stories and embedding them into the American culture because we are part of the American culture as well. And so I love that now young Peruvians can have access to these books and see their, their background, their families reflected in these books. All right, let's see, next question. What do you wish you knew before starting the podcast? So I knew that implementing processes and documenting processes was important and being very organized with files is important. So I knew all of that, but doing it's actually difficult. So sometimes I just save files on my desktop and then I'll say, I'll organize it later. Like you can only do that so long until it becomes overwhelming. <laughs> and so I would say I would just be better about that, be better about the, how I name files, how I organize files. It's important because then it becomes, it's easier later on when you want to repost something or republish an episode. 
So organization is key. Next question. This is question eight. So is the podcast a team of one or has your family played a role? My family hasn't really played a role. They know that I have a radio station is what they call it because I don't think they understand what a podcast is, but they really haven't played a role. I'm hoping that in the near future, I bring them in, I interview them because secretly that's also part of my goal here is to record my family's history. I think the farther away we get from the people who came to this country who immigrated for us, the easier it is to forget their stories. And I don't want to forget their stories. I don't want to forget the sacrifice they made. I don't want the next generation to forget the struggles they went to, the sacrifices they, they, they made. I don't want them to forget that my parents are from small villages and rural Peru, that they grew up bare feet, that they were poor and, and we have overcome many obstacles. I think there's, I think those stories can be a source of strength for later, later generations. I think those stories can be a sense of, can provide a sense of pride and a sense of inspiration and pressure to, to continue to do better and help others also improve their lives. Okay. Next question. Question nine. Any interesting, funny stories that have come up during these podcasts? I don't know what I share in episode 29. Nothing comes to mind right now, to be honest. Maybe it is because it's late at night <laughs> and I'm tired. But something funny or interesting that from the podcast. Mm, let's see. Oh, I guess most recently I interviewed Chef Yuki. And that was episode, I believe, 40, 48. Yeah, that was episode 48. And he shared that the Peruvian green sauce is not Peruvian. <laughs> and so that kind of shocked me. But also... It's almost like I knew that already. If you want to know why he said that Peruvian green sauce is not Peruvian, I will highly encourage you to listen to episode 48 because he explains the origins of the very famous Peruvian green sauce. I will leave it at that. Max, what are your plans to celebrate Peru's uh, Fiesta Patrias? So I will be in New York. I will be attending the Peruana Collective's celebration. So I am very excited about that for many reasons. One of them is that I get to meet Vanessa Peru or Peruvian Chica in NYC in person. She was the first guest of Peruvians of USA and I have not met her yet. <laughs> I have been to New York, but our schedules have not aligned. And so I haven't had the pleasure of meeting her. We chat on in Instagram. We have each other's phone numbers and she has been a tremendous supporter of this podcast. So I'm really excited to finally meet her at Fiestas Patrias Extravaganza on today, later today. And we're going to take a festejo class and then we're going to go out into a fiesta criolla. And I'm taking a friend who is not Peruvian, but she's engaged to a Peruvian man. And so she's all about learning our culture. So I'm excited for spending some time in New York City with Peruvian friends. All right. So those are all the questions <laughs> that I plan to answer today and that I answer also in episode 29. And I wanted to answer them again for today's episode for the two-year anniversary. But I also have an announcement regarding the scholarship. So as you know, we launched a scholarship program last year in honor of Peru's Bicentenario, and the scholarship was for $1,000 for a high school senior or college undergrad. 
here in the U.S. And this March, we selected actually two winners. <laughs> so I put together a scholarship committee and put together a blind scoring system where each member of the scholarship committee scored the application based on a rubric that I've created. And it was blind. They didn't know who was a candidate. They didn't know which school. They didn't know which location. And we had scholarship committee members from across the U.S. and from different professional backgrounds. So we had West Coast scholarship committee members. We had East Coast. We had folks that were engineers. We had folks that were in finance and some in education. So I wanted to get a well-rounded team to evaluate these scholarship applications. And so we had $1,000 to award to one winner, but actually two of our candidates, the highest qualified candidates, scored the same. <laughs> and so we needed to break that tie. But instead of selecting one out of the two, the scholarship committee was inspired by these applicants that we raised another $1,000 so that both applicants could be awarded a $1,000 scholarship. So that was such a beautiful moment to experience, to see the scholarship committee members fundraising to reach out to members of our community, of the Peruvians of USA community, and fundraising to award these, these two individuals a scholarship. So I would highly encourage you to go to peruviansofusa.com and check out our blog, and I share more details there in terms of who the winners are, what was the, what was the process like, why did I start the scholarship. Definitely check that out if that's something that interests you. But the an big announcement is that the scholarship program is going to come back. <laughs> the scholarship program will come back for 2023, so not this year, next year. And one of the reasons it's coming back is because a alum from my alma mater saw that I had launched a scholarship program to honor my grandfather, Javier Verdanes Guaypata, who was a farmer who only reached third grade education, and yet he valued education a lot and ensured that his kids got an education and, will and also encourage his daughters to get an education in a time that perhaps women were not encouraged to do so. And so I wanted to honor his memory by creating this scholarship. So this alum from my alma mater learned what I did through Peruvians of USA and reached out to me and we connected and decided to donate and not to donate $1,000 so that this scholarship program continues. And so I was very touched and I'm getting a little emotional. Yeah, I was just very touched by the generosity of this alum and so I'm just very happy that we have the funds to award at least one scholarship next year. And so that's something that Peruvians of USA and I, I will work on. Early next year, the scholarship would open in the summer. I think it's probably better to do at the end of the academic year than at the beginning. Oh, I'm sorry, than at the middle and, and then the holidays like we did this past season. And I think it was a bit overwhelming for the students. So I want to make sure I take the lessons learned from that experience and improve the experience for the students. Stay tuned to announcements about the scholarship. I am also starting a, a newsletter. So if you go to Peruvians of USA, you can sign up to our newsletter there. It's called the Green Sauce Newsletter. <laughs> and so go there, sign up for a newsletter, and 
I will start sending you a monthly newsletter probably this fall with announcements of upcoming initiatives, upcoming projects that, that we are launching so that you can participate. Yeah. And so that's really it in terms of my two-year reflection and scholarship update. I want to thank our podcast guests for sharing their stories with me and with us. There are many vulnerable moments in those episodes, so please make sure that you listen to them with an open heart and an open mind. I want to also express gratitude to sponsors of the episodes. I really am grateful and honored that you trust this platform to promote your brand. So thank you so much. And I also want to thank the followers of Peruvians of USA, um, members who have been here from the beginning. I remember you. I know who you are. You are very active and supporting the podcast and the platform. So I want to thank you for that. And I also want to thank my husband. <laughs> he has been very supportive of Peruvians of USA. And yeah, and it, it's meant a lot to me. Thank you so much. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Feel free to reach out. If I could ask one thing as an anniversary present for me and the podcast, please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify and just share, share an episode that's meaningful to you or that you learned something with your friends or family. That's probably one of the best things that you can do so to ensure that this podcast grows. So again, thank you so much. Muchas gracias. Los aprecio mucho. Que tengan un feliz día. Thank you for listening to Peruvians of USA. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and review an Apple podcast. It lets other Peruvians find the show. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Peruvians of USA. I'm looking forward to connecting with you there. All right. Talk to you soon. Ciao.